Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 4, Episode 17 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. We're calling this Joe's Birthday Episode because, well, November the 8th is my birthday for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this is supposed to come out on November the 8th, 2021, and... um, I probably shouldn't have said that thing about my birthday on air. (laughs) (laughs) One more data point to find out who Joe really is. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, uh, oh, well, so uh, somebody out there already knows it. Somebody is eventually going to, like, use that to do something bad to me. But uh, what are we drinking this time? And we are drinking the Boche that Ricky and I made a couple months ago. And it's fairly young. Um, We started this on... August 7th, 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's wrong. On uh, June 26th, 2021. And it uh, then was bottled sometime in September. And I don't remember exactly when. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't write it down. Because I was really bad about writing things down during this time. But it's 13% ABV. It's a Boche, which is, you know, caramelizing the uh, the me the the honey before you um turn it into mead Uh, but we use red star premier blanc yeast it started out at 1.11 um uh, for its uh, original gravity and we used uh florida orange blossom honey that we then cooked to boche it Mm -hmm. so uh what are you thinking ricky this is really good i know right i never had one i knew they could be good and i believed you when it said it was good this exceeded my expectations. I'm making like 10 gallons of this the next time oh, I make yeah. some. It, I, as someone who has never had like the slurry of bourbon before you distill it, this is what I would guess it tastes like. It's, it's Bourbon it's, doesn't taste really like this before you distill it, but this is what you think it would taste exactly. like, right? This is what you think it would taste like. It is smooth. It's, it's dark in that sense of like dark fruit of like prunes almost yeah. to it. Ooh. And it's like real dry on the tongue kind of like a, a spirit is mm-hmm. Oof. yeah it's, that's it's, pretty good it's it's fantastic and to be only like four months old yeah it is amazing how well developed this is i'm mm-hmm. gonna keep a bottle for a year but we're gonna make another like sip and boche yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> next time see, i get some orange blossom you know I, i've been saying oh, i don't really got a lot of rooms it's been hard for me to brew right now I mean, I might make one. Yeah. Just like, even if it was a, a big, you know, I only make big batches because I only got the bottles now for five gallons. I'd make five gallons of this. Yeah. Leave it in bottles, drink like one bottle a week or something like that. I mean, this could sit around for a long time because you're right. It's, it's really almost like a sipping drink. Like, I'm not sure I'd want a big glass of this, but I'd drink it exactly the same way I'd drink like whiskey or rum. So, but here, here's the thing. Like, it's also dangerous because I've been sitting here and I had like, oh, I don't know, like a quarter of a, like three or four ounces of this. Mm-hmm. I already drank like an ounce and a half of it, just like yeah. knocking it back, like talking, sneaks up on you like really quick. Yeah, it's smooth enough and light enough that like it doesn't have that punch back on you that spirits do that like kind of keep you in check. Yeah. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Like you could drink way too much of this easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, this is... This is dangerous, and it is mm-hmm. so good. And anybody that ever wants to make a boche, you should totally make it from orange, from Florida orange blossom honey. I think we um, we put we did put a little erythritol in it to bring up some of the uh, the sweetness mm-hmm. in it. Um, 
is a fourth of a cup. So it's one gallon and a fourth of a cup. So, you know, you can work that out. And we put some wine tannin and some sparkloid in it. And then a little bit of, like a tiny little bit of citric acid blend mm. to be able to bring it up. So, I mean, like we did have to tease out some of the flavors. But now that they've set for less than a month since yeah. we, or, or like right at a month or something like that. Yeah, since we, like that yeah. is, that is insane. I want to oak this. I want to put bourbon barrel chips in it. I want to put rum barrel chips in it and just see what the different things like do. Mm. Um, so I've got to make more of this. This is. Yeah, it seems right up your alley. Yeah. Like it is. It is very much that kind of whiskey, Scott Bourbon sort of flavor profile. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing. And the the citrusy notes that come out from this, mm. oh, my God, they're so good. And I hope I can re- reproduce this at the oh, same yeah. level. Um, this is just it's fantastic. So. You know, I'm wondering, like, because I watched some, uh, some videos of, like, people doing things like this. Because, you know, we say caramelized. You're really browning honey because you can't really completely caramelize it. It's like... It's a different style of reaction for an already inverted sugar. But, like, I watch people do it where, like, oh, I'm going to put a little bit on, like, a paper plate. And how, like, hard and brittle, like, how dark other people got theirs. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, is that even something you can play with? Make a couple one-gallons where it's, like, you know, different stages of how brown you've made that honey and I see what it changes. kind of plan to do that. But, I mean, we made it. It was pretty dark. I mean, this is, like, the darkest uh, of the orange blossom honey like just straight that don't have any like anything else in it Mm. that i have um so that i mean it was like on that scale that you talk about you know where Mm. you put it on the paper plate and like get it it you know it was like in the topper area of that like i i I don't know i watched some people get it very dark yeah like when they when they spread it on it became glass like it like shattered yeah yeah oh oh i i mean i know like it we so I, I did some tests with this mm. before that didn't make it into anything, but like just figuring out like how far, like I can mm. get that honey to go. And we were like, so if there's like three or four sections on that scale, we were in the upper fourth. There's still a lot of room in that. Cause yeah. it's like a roux, you know, mm. to go from a brown roux to a black roux is like that it's far. A, yeah, exactly. It's a <laughs> lot of minutia. Yeah. It's real easy to hit that burning point. Exactly. So, so I, I, I kept it in the safe zone cause we hadn't made one before. Mm. So, but man, this is so good. I am going to enjoy drinking this bottle tonight. Absolutely. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, racking our pumpkin mead because we did that today, right? This is, we mm-hmm. we did this on the same the same episode that we did the last episode where we talked about the personal CD players that were like the DNF, yeah, uh, four thirty or the yeah DNF four thirty the DNE you know uh, three thirty all that stuff right. So this is us talking about the pumpkin mead that we made and we we actually like kept some of the dregs and drank it today what, mm-hmm. what was kind of left over after we got two gallons out of that three gallon batch we started out with yeah go ahead ricky i'll let you kind of give your opinion good. i liked it it was a little sweet um i think that's you know how much honey and like you put molasses in it stayed behind but in all honesty it had a pretty good pumpkin flavor spices were there they weren't super like in your face about it so kind of like you know a, a milder pumpkin pie but i mean that's still pretty good like it was tasty. I drank my whole glass. I, I'm I'm thinking that this will be a better pumpkin spice latte mix. <laughs> like the the mixture that we got. Mm-hmm. If once we dial that in, uh, if we keep on messing with it, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I got a 
pumpkin spice latte a few weeks ago from like caribou coffee because um, it was like oh it's in season and i was like oh i kind of want a coffee but i could do something a little sweet because I, I don't really like getting a mocha mm-hmm. it almost killed me those things are so sweet now. yeah they are super sweet man super super duper sweet oh yeah and it was like fluorescent orange it, i didn't feel great after drinking it so yeah i, I agree with you something a little bit more dialed back uh could definitely yeah. be useful well and and like you get more of those like flavors mm-hmm. that you're looking for in a um like a a mead you know so you get some of that honey some of that citrus some of that other stuff um and it really brings out the intensity of the cinnamon and the clove and those things haven't melted out quite properly yeah. yet so we need to let it set for like um, a couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. like revisit it and i might get uh a couple more like two gallon fermentation vessels so that we can like move it move it over like rack it a few more times to see what yeah, that kind of ends up being being like because i'm not sure if we're going to need to back sweeten it because it's really sweet right now but that could be perceived sweetness because it's it like ended at 1.01 i think Mm -hmm. from the primary fermentation um you know want to see if that comes out and if that's just like exactly like see how that mellows yeah like from the last episode our other meat it got kind of funky as it aged yeah so if that happened then the sweetness would balance out so yeah you really can't tell until you've let uh some of that newness get out of it. And right now it's what, fifteen percent ABV? I, think. I don't know. We'd have to do the math. No, it, it's it like, it, so, the, we 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 made like three. The banana mead mm. was like one dot, two two. This one was one dot one two five. I think is what it was. So it's like fourteen percent, thirteen thirteen and a half, fourteen percent ABV. It's somewhere somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Again, I. I don't know the conversion off the head. I don't think it's a linear conversion. So it's not exactly, but I've made a couple that were already that that amount mm-hmm. by having that amount of. Like, I I kind of remember it from making some other like high gravity, AB, mm-hmm. um, high ABV stuff, and it's never one hundred percent accurate, anyways. So, saying all that, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's <laughs> at, pretty good. At, at this stage, it is fantastic. But that gives us the perfect segue into the other thing that we made on the same day, the banana mead. Um, and we might even talk about the uh, coffee mill, like, base that we started mm, making. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this might be the all-brewing episode. You know, I mean, it is. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it, it is kind of my episode to talk about whatever I want to. You know, it's my birthday. I can, you know, do whatever I want to sort of deal. Right? So, um, but the, uh, the, the banana mead. You had some that is like sixteen percent ABV, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that one? It's pretty good. We've done some banana things in the past. I think it's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out really smooth. The banana was there, but it was still kind of mellow. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't in your face about it. And because it was mellow, a lot of the other stuff that got put in came out really well. Yeah, exactly. And there's a there's a certain like almost banana Foster's flavor to it because it's got some of the citrus. In there, it's got a little bit of that, like, caramelization from the uh, the um, the molasses. There's like mm-hmm. that kind of caramel, brown sugary kind of thing going on in there. It's re- just it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the? Well, so one one more thing, like the the spice mix that's in it, because we put some like cinnamon mm. and some clove and some other things like that. What do you think about that? 
Like in, in a, they're pretty good. I have to say that you know they haven't really super come out yet. They're there, but you know this still has to sit and like mellow for a while. Yeah. But I did like the overall like level of spiciness to it. That's kind of what happens when they're new, right? They they stick out a little bit, but they're mostly kind of like melded together. Right. Um, so I think as like time goes on and they kind of come into their own, that'll be really nice. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so last thing that we'll you know kind of kind of hit on is the coffee mel base that um, buckwheat honey you know thing. And I know, like, that surprised you a little bit today. When oh, we, yeah. When we well, it over. I've heard really good things about buckwheat honey. And I got to say, having like, tried it now in a mead, it deserves that reputation. Yeah. Like, it was very nutty, a little bit of earthiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't really get those flavors out of the most, like, readily available honey. Like, the stuff you can buy in stores, the stuff that's cheap, like the wildflower and the clover and the orange blossom and stuff. Like that just had a level of intensity to it that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that turns out. You know, we're just going to hit on that like a little bit in this episode. Excuse me. We're just going to hit on that a little bit in this episode just because it's, um, it is a thing to still turn out. But buckwheat honey is completely different than any of the other honeys that we've used so far mm-hmm. in any of our mead making. And it's sweet, but it's kind of like steak, you know, like when you have a a steak with like some sweetness to it, it's completely different than if you have like, um, you know, like a pumpkin (laughs) with sweetness to it. You know, it's just, it's a very different kind of interaction overall. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's got that sweetness, but it's really got a lot of savory to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that said, uh, is there anything else that you, you want to talk no, about just this guys. Episode? I know it's a little expensive, but go get some buckwheat honey. Yeah, I mean that stuff's good. I'm gonna buy like five gallons of it. We're yeah. gonna make we're gonna make a big big something out of mm. it. I, I mean, I'm already, I'm already thinking like, what if we did a boche out of buckwheat? Exactly, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> a a boche with buckwheat could be really good. Yeah, exactly. So like, it kind of brings it around full circle. Do a boche with like orange blossom. Do a boche with buckwheat, and do a boche with like some wildflower. Mm-hmm. And then if we can ever get some avocado honey, yeah, do a yeah. boche with that. We might be just rolling in boches. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, in all honesty, they're they're great. I mean, it, it is a mead, but it doesn't taste like mead. It almost tastes like its own thing. Yeah, it is definitely a, like a completely different category, and it's totally worth trying. Absolutely, like, experimenting with. Um, but this has been uh, season four, episode 17 of the Beer and Broadband podcast. We really appreciate your patronage. Would love uh, to hear back from you on any feedback on how this podcast sounds or like, you know, how, how we've done. Cause uh, you know, we've had a couple of audio issues the last like four or five of them. Uh, but otherwise, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.